0: This episode is brought to you by Seed Invest, the curated equity crowdfunding platform helping entrepreneurs raise the capital they need from seed stage to Series D by harnessing the awesome power of the crowd. Listen, I want you to learn more about how you can get your business in front of Seed Invest's network of over six hundred thousand investors looking for opportunities. At info.seedinvest.com/slash. Investor.
1: The Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz and Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz and Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success.
0: Hey, hey, an epic bounce attempt, but investors are considering what's next. Inflation jumps, lockdowns continue, and that's crimping the global supply chain. And as CES concludes, we have some pretty cool tech coming our way, helping us to discover what's next. Our man on the CES street, Frank Curzio from Curzio Research. All this and much more on episode number 749 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. Hi there, it's Andrew Horowitz here on the mic in the studio, ready to go. Gosh, don't you love the work we did last week? We talked about the homework assignment that I gave you, the task. How'd that go for you? There's quite the kick that we saw this week that was that reverberation from the stealth correction that we saw over the last couple of weeks, particularly in certain areas of tech. And we talked last week about getting that list ready, making that watch list available, doing the research, doing the work, coming up with a plan so that you're ready. And did you get ready? Did you do something about it? Because there were some great opportunities. In particular, the high PE tech names that got whacked did pretty well. And there was some big moves after Powell's testimony. And you remember in last week's conversation, we talked about how, you know, the potential for a lot of this coming into the testimony where we are concerned about what is going to be the reaction of the Fed in the face of some of the highest inflation we've seen in 40 or 50 years. How is that going to go down? And I think there was a lot of sell on the rumor and concern that, well, maybe the realization is going to be that it's going to continue forever. Let's not you know buy anything. Let's sell what we got. Let's get ahead of it. And what it did was a complete turnaround. Because while Powell was still pretty much strident in his discussion in front of Congress about, you know, we've got to do something about it. We have to, in fact, hit this inflation situation directly between the eyes or else we are going to get behind the eight ball. The fact is that most investors said "Eh, it's not a lot different than they talked about. They're talking hawkish. He said that they're going to start reducing down Their bond portfolio, their tapering process is going to continue and end the entire uh, bond purchase program soon and maybe shrink the balance sheet and maybe raise rates. We know all about that. And then we saw the CPI number come in. Markets got wild because it was hot, but everybody expected it to be hot. There's no new information that's going on right now. We're seeing the big moves because the push and the pull back and forth When it comes to the bulls that are saying, you know, there's still liquidity, rates are still low, we have a lot longer to go, earnings are going to come in great, technology is providing an incredible amount of opportunity, and beyond that, we're seeing that there's an end in sight to this pandemic. This is probably going to be the last of the major outbreaks. That's the bullish camp. On the bearish camp, it's like, oh my, we're never going to get beyond this pandemic. On top of that, we have rates that are going up. We have inflation that's killing us. We see companies that are going to have a problem with their earnings due to margin compression, and all this is being put into the fold when a time that the world is really not ready for a more tightening policy by the various central banks around the world. Okay. I'm still a little, I would say, cautiously optimistic, but I got to tell you, the move on rates and the CPI number was really interesting. I think that there is something to be said where we may not be going so far ahead. We're not going to go just to 3%. We're not going to race up to levels that are just absolutely absurd. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. And as the Fed is negotiating their plan, trying to make sure that they don't put the the crimp the clamp, the lock on the economy. They don't want to slow it down. They don't want to take a sledgehammer. I think a lot of this was all trial balloons looking to see what the impact would be on markets if, in fact, they were to be much more hawkish. Let's see how things go. The Fed does not want to ruin the wealth effect. There's no way. That also doesn't mean that they don't necessarily believe that they have a problem on their hands and that they need to do something. There's a difference there. So let's not simply just put it all aside and say on one hand, well, that's over with. Or on the other hand, hey, let's just go crazy and take all our money out. There's a lot that's happening, as I talked about last week, that we're seeing these rotational corrections and some very stealth-like. Small caps, for example, haven't gone anywhere in months If you were to look at a chart of the IWM, which is the small cap ETF that's traded, you'll see it's really not gone anywhere, up and down, inside of a range. And earnings is starting to come out. Over the next few weeks, we're going to start to see the expectations and what's going on. Of course, this week with JP Morgan and uh, a few others. And next week, we're going to start to see a flood of financials come out. The following week is going to be technology and, of course, The big issue that is going to be watched very closely is what is happening with margins. Are they squeezed due to supply chains and the inefficiency and the higher input costs? This is going to be watched very closely. But this week, I want to talk tech. Specifically with our, as I call him, our man on the street, Frank Curzio from Curzio Research. You know him. You can find all the information about Frank and where to find more about his wonderful newsletters over on The Disciplined Investor. This episode, Show Notes 749, or just go to his website. Just look him up. Just look up Frank Curzio. you find him everywhere. Now, he was at CES, or the Consumer Electronics Show, last week. So what I thought we would do is get him right off the show floor, bring him on the show, and find out what's going on with technology. So, Frank Curzio, welcome back from the land of Vegas What's
1: going on? Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you. How was that? Uh, it was weird. It was different. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, masks really enforced. Coming from Florida, it's a little weird, but uh, you had to get vaccinated to go there. Uh, and 6% of the, of the companies that usually attend, which is one of 4,000, dropped out. So Wow. So
0: was the... Well, we're going to talk all about that in a second. I wanted to kind of bring you on to talk about what went on with CES, which I've told you for years. That I am going to go with you the next one. How many years have I said I'm going the next one?
1: At least eight, because I've been going for ten.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> no, but th- there was. I was actually going to go with you in 2020. Well, that all went to hell in a handbasket, right? And then that 2021.
1: 2021, because right. it's January. So 2020 January, I went. It was okay. That's pre-COVID, before you know the shit hit the fan of February. Right, in but
0: March. I was still kind of nervous. I was wearing a mask in January.
1: I was, you, the, I, January?
0: Was the, yep, I was wearing a mask. I know for a fact, cause I went to DC and I was a guy on a plane wearing the mask and I felt really weird. Like people wow. thought I was a leper. Wow. Yeah. Like, times have changed, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I want to kind of start off with what's happening generally with markets and then work our way into the incredible gadgetry and all the cool technology mm-hmm. that you saw over in Vegas at the consumer electronics show. So first, Let's talk about what's going on right now with regard to this panic that all of a sudden everybody has as soon as the clock hit midnight 2000 and uh, the next year into 2022. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Let's rise and raise the interest rates and prices on bonds plummeting. And we've seen that there's been a substantial sell off in technology that really was on the heels of all this. What's
1: going on? I think the Fed was just caught uh, on the wrong side here and they were very, very surprised, uh, which I kind of find it amazing. And and I kind of don't because I think anyone who is not an economist uh, saw this coming miles away. Anyone, everyone listening to this, anyone that pays for their, for everything that they do. uh, Maybe these guys get driven around all the time. I have no idea. But uh, when you look at economists and sometimes being extremely, extremely smart uh, is a disadvantage because a lot of times and i'm not you know picking on anybody there because i'm not smart at all but uh, a lot of times you look back historically <laughs> and we always compare everything historically right. the only problem is this never happened in history right we've never had money given directly to people of the tune of 10 and a half trillion what up to 13 trillion now, 10 and a half trillion and if you want to put that in perspective it cost 480 billion to backstop the entire financial system during a credit crisis and but that money was given directly to the banks to backstop the banks, right? It wasn't given directly to consumers. Some of those banks didn't lend that money out. This was handed. You didn't have to work. You didn't have to do anything. If you had a job, your PP loan, PPP loan was for free. Here you go. You don't have to pay it back. You got a couple of children. Here's money. Uh, don't worry about unemployment benefits. You're going to make more money if you work. Just flooded, right, right. massive flood. So what do we have? We had a period that didn't take too long, Andrew, where we had peak earnings uh, going into COVID. Uh, so say, you know, the end of 2019,
0: And that was a lot to do with the the good economy combined with low tax rates,
1: combined with things just settling in just right. Settling just like. And we came back so quickly, right? So we're looking at just a year later, we got back to those record earnings. And we're looking at January, February. That's when we started hitting record earnings again of last year, right? So in 2021, yet we kept rates. At zero, or near zero, for another—not still, right? They haven't raised rates yeah, yet. Still, and exactly. That's and the, exactly the, the point. Right there, the bond buying program—it's it, it, insane. I mean, you just injected all this money. What do you expect? So the last nine months, Tom, we've been you know, pounding the table. I've never called for inflation in my life. I know people who have said they got this right. I've been calling inflation since the '60s and the '70s, and call it every single day, and have been right, wrong. Right. But right. this was something that was different. I think when you. You always want to compare historically because you're really covering your ass by doing that. Say, well, this happened at this time. This never happened. It's like comparing today's PE to the to technology uh, bubble. And it just doesn't make sense because we have zero inter- interest rates now. Well, back then, whatever it was, 2%, 3 4% interest rates. So right. you, you can't compare. You have to look at all the details. But this never in history has happened where we kept rates zero. We flooded the market with money. We handed it directly to people. And the Fed was caught off guard. I mean, it's very rare that you see in that November meeting that they just did an about face 180 and said, no, uh, you know, it's not transitory and we're going to have to raise rates. And it, it shocked the markets pretty much.
0: I, I still have a real problem. And you've talked about this a thousand times, this idea of, you know, is the Fed absolutely doing one of two things? There's only two possible choices here. One, are they liars or two, are they stupid in totality? You know, in other words, their discussion of transitory this whole time, when we're all going, huh? I mean, seriously, right? We're all looking at this going, you know, the first month, okay, I'll deal with. But ask that, what do you mean it's transitory? How is that even possible? You have a combination of record bond buying, record low interest rates, negative interest rates around the world, and enormous amounts, record amounts of fiscal stimulus in the, in the tens of trillions of dollars. And you think you're gonna have a transitory situation here? So either you're lying, or you're frankly stupid. Which one is it, Frank?
1: Ah, uh, man, you know what? I, I I'm I'm not going to. It's to me. It's it's neither. I I wouldn't say they're stupid. It's it, I, listen. It, it's you're a fan favorite if you pick on the Fed and yell at the Fed, right? But yeah, uh, you know, that, that, I like that's that. A normal course, which everybody <laughs> loves, right? Nobody, there's no one that says, Hey, the Fed do doing what things to Trump, do. I love that. Ever, ever. Nobody <laughs> says that. But yeah, in, in regards to them, even a lot of the data points that they look at when you look at. Yeah, you know, if you go look at past pandemics, if you look at past disruptions, even supply chain disruptions, usually it is temporary when right. you see prices go up. And right. that's So they were comparing it to. Right. And then plus you had every company lying through their teeth, like Ford, GM, Disney, Apple, saying, "No, it, you know it's temporary. It's fine. It's right. fine." Even though you know they were lying out their teeth, right? Because mm-hmm. you know they want to make sure they make their numbers, and they didn't. They lowered the numbers dramatically. Right. So, uh, you know, and those companies are doing well now, but when you're listing some of the biggest companies and say, no, no, we're not really, you know, it's okay. It's going to be transitory and, and, you know, these supply chain issues are going to go away. I mean, a lot of that was false. We were tracking data, um, great analytics from, from you know, the shippers. Right. And just seeing that the delay in that, like nine months ago, eight months ago and prices going higher and you know, they're raising the prices A chip supply. it's, you know, we really did a deep dive into this, uh, and this is a good story. So if you look at, at the, the autos really quick, I hope I'm not going to bore anybody with this, but the auto companies had a lot of trouble. If you notice that Apple didn't really have supply issues with their chips, uh, which was amazing because they just released, you know, the 12 back then. And the nor did Tesla, let's be honest. They, the Tesla, yeah, some right. of them didn't. Right. The reason why you're looking at 4GM, they have a different system in place when it comes to operations, and they it's more like uh, – a real-time system so they'll go to taiwan semiconductor or samsung you know produce most chips almost all the chips in the world Intel a little bit uh but taiwan's the biggest and they'll say okay we need this done right away and they'll say okay you know there's always capacity there but what apple did what all these companies did who were smart they took up all the capacity and said holy cow let's take up all this capacity right now this way you're producing even more chips for us during this time and a lot of companies were able to bypass that, and then the time the autos went to Taiwan semi, they're like, we don't have capacity, so they had to build fabs from scratch, which are still being built now, uh, and, and that's why they got caught on the wrong sides. Why, if you're looking to buy a car, you 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 know, it takes twelve months, nine months. They'll tell you three, four months. It's going to take still six, nine months. It's why EVs, Ford's EVs, you're not going to see on the road probably for another two years at least. Uh, you know, even though they're saying it's going to be earlier than that, and, and you know, Rivian and all these companies, so. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on under the hood like being able to track some of these stats and seeing where this is going. You know, we were ahead of this and you know, some companies did great and other companies didn't. And, and you're seeing it, you're seeing it. And, and a lot of companies that didn't have supplies is doing very, very well right now.
0: So it's interesting that you mentioned that because, um, you know, I ordered engines for my boat last March, new mm-hmm. engines. Have you seen them? I haven't seen them. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. Impossible to get because not yeah. only was it a difficult problem with regard to just getting the engines. But moreover, what happened was that we had a situation where they shifted who they were going to allocate those engines to. No longer was it going to be to the retail consumer directly who wanted to buy engines because what was happening was those retail consumers that wanted to buy the engines weren't as important as the boat manufacturers who, if they don't have the engines, can't deliver a new boat to a customer. So they shut down the entire retail operation and shifted it over. Pretty interesting how things are being done these days. But you know, yeah, we could talk about the Fed. We could talk about their insider trading and the revelations of what's going on there and the policy mistake. Do you think they're making a policy mistake now? Do you think, that, think that that you know they- that that with all the supply chain issues now with the lockdowns in um, Xi'an and the major ports in China, with the fact that this Omicron is spreading, are they they seem to be like not caring about this all of a sudden?
1: Well, fortunate for us, we look at, at the data on this one. When we look at the UK, where it spread like wildfire, we look at Africa, where South Africa was spread like wildfire. Uh, it spread so fast. The drop off is unbelievable to the point where next month we will be mildly talking about this. But you're going to see a massive, massive drop off. There's so many people getting it. It's so contagious. It's, it's look, it's. You know, you have to protect the people we need to protect. We know over 65 or 60 years old have underlying conditions. But it's, you know, when you look at if it wasn't called COVID, this is, you know, seasonal cold that everybody usually gets during this time, you're right. going to notice that the flu numbers are down tremendously, right? I mean, people aren't, you know, dying from this, which is great news. Uh, They're getting it a lot quicker. Your immune system is going to be built up. And then, you know, I would say even a month from now, the numbers are going to be so much better. And, you know, that's what we've seen. So I can see the Fed getting, you know, a a little optimistic here. But what the Fed's doing now, which is interesting, is they said three rate hikes. And it's funny because Goldman came out and they had a forecast just three weeks ago. It said three rate hikes right? Because, you know, they're in tune with the Fed, same with Jamie Dimon. And then now, this is a couple of days ago, they said, well, we're changing the forecast just three weeks ago to at least four rate hikes. And that bond tapering, we're supposed to end December, we think it's going to end in July. You know, so they, you know, pushed, pushed it up. to like and, six months.
0: And moreover, start to think about reducing the balance sheet, which is different.
1: Yes. And then also, you know, Jamie Dimon came out and said, I'll be very surprised if there's only you know, four hikes next year. So what the Fed is doing now- I can't
0: imagine is, the Fed being that aggressive. I just can't. It's also in Jamie Dimon's favor to hike rates. So we got to put that into the right perspective.
1: I I think that, see, this is where I differ for you. It's not whether they can't or I think they have to. They don't have a choice uh, because you're looking at companies right now that are continue to raise prices. By the way, start reading stories about price control. I've just- you Know a lot of my great people listen to my podcast, Wall Street Unplugged. I've been doing it you know, just as long as you would, I think, would you know, you're first, I might be second. Uh, that's third, right, say whatever. that again, Frank. I'm number one, yeah, Go ahead, and Frank, Say dude, it, say it. You're doing it for 15 <laughs> years at least, right? 15,
0: yeah, since so i right, I'm
1: doing because I'm doing it for 14, yeah, yeah. and that's how we met, and it's all we've known each other in our families. But, um, yeah, it, it's just uh, you know, price controls are based, I mean, that happened in the 80s, right? So, if you're looking at price controls, that means you're limiting margins, uh, and Limit margins, a lot of these companies are going to get wrecked. So, I mean, that that is the
0: thought. They're they're talking about this, and the Biden administration is starting to talk about the idea that, hey, you know what? Oh, you're being ripped off by XYZ. Or they did it, don't forget. They started, listen, they started this already. They've done this with releasing the um, strategic oil reserves in an attempt to control prices. That's the point, Mm -hmm. right? they're doing it possibly with pharmaceuticals they're talking about doing it in other areas you're seeing and the problem with this on top of the fact that you have a weird fed situation you have low interest rates you have massive money floating around the system all over the world and on top of it the question about what's happening with ports uh, closing down supply chain issues you're going to you're going to break something Something, and I don't know, it could be good or bad, right? But, you know, you see last week, natural gas going up 15% in a day. How often does that happen? Yeah, look at the UK. You see the prices. It's unbelievable.
1: It's a real crisis. So
0: now you have a situation where we have earnings season coming up. And, uh, you know, we see last week we saw, you know, JP Morgan, a few others. Okay, you know, get a kind of feel for the road. What's going on next week coming up is a lot of the financials. Then we start getting to the technology, the big names. There is a concern out there that maybe, you know, many of the analysts haven't really cut back on a lot of their estimates. And we've seen this back and forth game that's being played and has been and will be. But the big issue that I see right now and my concern is twofold. One, I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a slowdown in the general nature of the inflationary pressures. I do believe, Frank, if you haven't heard me say this, inflation always is transitory. Depends on what time frame you're looking at. Right. It just is it one month
1: or is it four years? If they stay the same year over year, then they're flat, right? Right. But, but the yet, is price is still, still up twenty eight percent on right. average if right. you're looking at a basket of goods. Right. So,
0: yeah. So we have technology coming. The big issue right now that I think a lot of people are worrying about, or at least considering, is what are earnings going to look like, and moreover, what is going to be the outlook when it comes to margins and the possible compression of margins due to things like the stickiness and the long-term nature of wage pressure and wage growth. And on top of that, input costs. So where are we? Because that really hasn't caught any of these companies off guard yet.
1: Uh, You know what? You and I have been doing this for a long time and we always seem to be concerned about earnings and these companies always, 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 always beat. Always, always. And and it's, it's very (laughs) easy to manipulate your earnings. uh, And I don't mean that illegally. I mean that, you know, if you get big contracts early on, you're going to spread it out, right? You're not going to, you know, blow out the numbers in Q1 and miss the next three. But when you look at the year, you're up 20% annually, right? So that that's not good for these companies. They want to, you know, beat, but they want to solidly beat every quarter. They want to destroy the numbers and then miss three quarters because, you know, just the way the market is. But these companies are professional now and are amazing, especially during COVID at cutting costs. Uh, they know what to cost, what the cut. Uh, they That's, that's really, if you look at technology companies and high margin companies, those are the companies that are getting hit right now, Uh, you know, a little bit, but those are the ones that are going to have the hardest to increase margins because their margins are so high in software. But when it comes to manufacturing companies, it's very easy to cut costs tremendously, right? And then, you know, if you get even mildly good business, which we're seeing, business is still good. I mean, you're seeing, you know, the consumers in good shape, the household net wealth is at its record high. Uh, you know, most consumers, yes, there is a big discrepancy in, in the low end to the high end, and and I get that. But overall, on average, you're looking at people spending more money than they've ever spent in their home prices. They're more wealthy than they've ever been. Uh, and also, you can't discount buybacks. These companies have a ton of cash on their balance sheets. You could argue all you want about buybacks, but – Yeah, but the proof is in the pudding. We know what happens.
0: It, but inc- you- it increases EPS into a point that is very hard to be modeled by the analyst for whatever reason – and it the does fact, is, shrink their shrink
1: their share count. The reason is because you could announce a buyback and say, "I'm going to buy back." You know, we, we have a Curzio Equity Owners token. I could say, "Hey, Curzio Equity, which is publicly traded, we're publicly trading now." I could say, "Hey, we're going to buy back a hundred million dollars worth of stock." I don't have to do that. So when you make that announcement, you can <laughs> or can't do it over the next two years, or <clears> you, you know, there's different timing. But overall, yeah. these big companies have done a pretty good job buying back their stock. Considering about the S and P even with the downfall, still 3% off its highs, but a lot of these guys bought back their stock cheaper. Uh, it resulted in an explosion in earnings. And, you know, don't discount that. And yeah. the only reason why I know is not because I'm a genius, because I made that mistake before.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. You know, I want to talk about the stealth correction that we're seeing that you're, you're you're touching on here. This whole idea of, you know, we're seeing that these, these high PE and these low-income generating companies that have maybe a great future have been obliterated. I want to talk about the metaverse crypto, and I want to talk about CS. but the first I, w- I want to talk about a really cool company. I want to talk to you founders and entrepreneurs out there. And I want to talk to you about Seed Invest because they're changing the game for people that are in business, the entrepreneurs, the founders, the connecting startups with a network of everyday investor investors, customers, fans to raise venture capital. And I want you to find out why Seed Invest is the preferred equity crowdfunding platform for hundreds of founders who have raised over $400 million to fuel their company's greatest ambitions. And raising venture capital is hard. We know that. But SeedInvest, they make it the, process, the whole process. It, it's, just, it's easy. They have their time-tested, end-to-end online fundraising platform. And it's connected to over half a million angel investors with founders building the future. So I want you to check this out. I'm talking to you, those people out there that have their own businesses, the dreams to create something bigger. And you're wondering, where do I get that money from? How do I connect? I want you to go and and find out more about how to get started and see for yourself how Seed Invest is transforming the outdated fundraising system to benefit startup founders and everyday investors looking for opportunities. Visit info.seedinvest.com. Slash investor. We'll have the links over on the show notes for episode number 749 as well.
1: Cool company, Frank. Cool Listen, stuff. from now on, yeah. that tone, yeah, I that. want to have the same tone when you introduce me. Yeah, of course. Frank Curzio is the greatest ever. <laughs> <laughs> the best looking ever. You got a lie. Here's Frank. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I'm familiar with the company. They are very good, by the way. The best, so.
0: so let's talk about this stealth correction, Frank Curzio, and um, go through. You know, some of your thoughts on this because there was a lot of stocks. I mean, for example, years ago, I talked about a name. I talked about we need to be into, into this before the before the um, or maybe right in the corrective mode of the pandemic. You asked me for so some companies on your show. Great show. Of course, you have them. You can go over to Curzio Research. Uh, check that out uh, on iTunes just or, or any podcast app. Just click in the word Curzio. There's no one out there with that last name but him, and you'll find all sorts of stuff. But we talked about a, a concept. I said, you need to be in sticky companies. Remember that when I talked about that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of them was a company called DocuSign as an example. And DocuSign went on to do great things without me, by the way. I had some, some position in it. But, boy, did these gay guys get t- t- hammered. What is going on with these companies that you would have thought that, hey – wow, these Peloton bicycles, cool. Yeah, competition, okay. But okay, the stock is now down 80% or an upstart or, you know, pick your poison. What is going on? I mean, I'm calling a stealth correction because the markets themselves haven't really corrected that much, but these guys are down nearing 50, 40, 60,
1: 70%. Yeah, I mean, you could throw so many stocks there. Zoom, marijuana, ESG companies. You know, I bet you a lot of people listen to this podcast right now, Andrew, uh, uh, Forgot maybe if you go past pre credit crisis, uh, there was times when you go back historically where growth was in favor. Yep. and value was in favor. I remember those days. Since a credit crisis, it's been growth one hundred percent, and value has been horrible. I mean, there's been no value. I mean, if you're buying a value stock with no growth catalyst, it's it's going to get cheaper and cheaper, and you're going to get your opportunity to yep. buy cheaper and cheaper. That's yep. just the way it is. And now got to the point where you have such easy money policies like we've had, easiest they've ever been by far in the history of our nation, it gets a lot of crazy projects funded, right? So you're looking at at Peloton, they sell bikes. Yes, they have a membership, but- you know, you're seeing competition come out. You know, so rowers doing the same thing, and you could, you know, row anywhere in Switzerland or whatever, and they had Olympians there. That was a consumer Electronics show, but also the stay at home stocks. I mean, if you look at Zoom, I think I, I don't think I've ever seen an explosion in growth. Unbelievable six month period. than Zoom, right during the crisis, yeah. right. So I mean, if you would have told me three years ago that Zoom was going to go to thirty to 170, 180 I would have said you're crazy. It went to four hundred, and it deserved <laughs> going to four hundred yeah. because I mean it was like a twenty thousand increase. You know, it was it was incredible. I mean, yeah, incredible. but you know, at the it same time, it's just,
0: they did what Disney did. And you've you've criticized Disney also. They counted all the subscribers, no matter whether I think whether they were paying or not paying.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And, and you know, eventually, you know, those numbers have to matter. And I think even with Disney, you're seeing Disney's one of the only companies within streaming that doesn't have pricing power. They lowered the price, giving away for free, and I think they're going to regret getting into that business. That's a different story. Uh, but. <sighs> The thing is, you're seeing a more transition into real companies where you're not seeing the SPACs. I mean, I think it's 65%, 70% or below that $10 level mm-hmm. now because if you look at SPACs, I mean, it really is the biggest scam on Wall Street. Uh, the, re- the, newer that SPACs, works, the newer
0: SPACs. Some none of, the, of that works. Some uh, of the even, older SPACs that happened because it was a good way to shoe in. Yes. And all that, the new guys that did all the pipe right. deals, the Chamath deals, that guy, that creepy dude that was pushing the SPAC meister monster father that that was all these deals that were all based for him. And he had all the Pied Pipers following him. And that was
1: really very sad. I mean, even Virgin Galactic, I mean, with those guys sold, I mean, Chemitz out of that stock now. Well, yeah, know. he it's was- a the greatest day. everyone's going to yeah. space. I mean, it, it only works if the retail investor is buying and the retail investor is no longer buying, but- You have to remember the guys who are doing these deals and the pipe deals in between it, they go to, to finance these things, they're getting stock at a dollar 50 cents, $3. They're out. They don't care if it goes to seven or eight, they're making a fortune. You're buying at 13, 14, get wrecked. But you know, these projects it's getting, you know, you're seeing a big shift and saying, okay, look, I I don't think these companies uh, EV companies or whatever you're recommending outside of Tesla, we're not going to see these results, you know, five to 10 years where your margins are small right now, you need these tax credits. Your revenue growth. You're projecting tremendously. Rivian is doing what, like a two million in revenue. Although I think Rivian's going to be okay, and they had the best technology in the space. But you're seeing a lot of those crazy valuation companies get nailed, and now you're going into quality, where you know right. dividends and free cash flow is high. You're looking at, you know, the banking sector with interest rates going higher. You know, the jpmorgan's Wells Fargo's. You're looking at the Qualcomm's. Uh, you know, a lot of these names that have good dividends, free cash flow that are in the right growth trends. Uh, are going to do well. And uh, it's just a shift. It's not everything selling off. Like you said, it's a lot of the garbage that's selling off that has been in a massive, massive bubble probably two years ago. Uh, you know, when you see kids just buying whatever they want, when you're seeing things like, you know, Shiba token going to, what was it? A $20 billion valuation and, and has no utility functions at all in crypto. I mean, it, it's a crazy world out there and it's adjusting. And I think you're going to see more of a value market, but value companies trading maybe a little bit uh, at a discount to the twenty times, twenty-one times forward S P earnings, that you know pay good dividends and are in the right growth markets uh, to uh, to grow earnings in the future, and, and that's what you're seeing. Even AT and T, notice the move off the bottom with AT and As soon as that deal gets done, I think you're going to really see that stock take off.
0: Well, see. That's been because it's not been good.
1: No, I mean it's gotten some recent upgrades, and it's definitely well off its low now. But uh, yeah, to get hammered there for a little bit. Let's kind of take this and segue
0: this discussion and talk about the metaverse for a moment because i want to just tell you cuz i haven't talked to you about this a bit and you know i'm not one of these investors, advisors, people that starts talking about stuff when it's really really early that has no you know ability to provide fundamental underpinnings, right? The metaverse the thing i find really interesting about this is not so much of oh my god, frank, let's meet on the oculus you know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's go and let's go play ping pong together, you and I, Frank, and we're going to you know, live in a world of avatar kind of motion. Well, what I think is interesting is Facebook or Meta and many of these other companies are committed to putting in billions of dollars to build this thing they're doing. Whatever it looks like. If it looks like the... Current metaverse now, which is cartoon-like, cartoon avatar-ish, and it works more so with games, and then maybe in the future meetings. I like that there are potential companies that could benefit from all this excessive spending. Not so much the boats that you buy for $650,000 on open seas through an NFT. Okay, interesting. I'm talking about some of the companies that are behind the building and the building blocks of it. Thoughts?
1: Uh, for those of you who are in doubt you should look at companies cuz a lot of this is going to flow through crypto but look at Decentraland, look at Sandbox uh on stock sheets look at Roblox. Uh you know Facebook's not there yet they'll get there. Uh and they to have probably the best technology in the space. It's nice that you have 3 billion users on one site so you are going to get a lot of people to sign up. <laughs> <Helpful>. <laughs> Gives um, you a little leg up there. Uh you know it, I think you have to really look beyond like the video game feature, creating your own avatar. Uh, This is going to be, I mean, Goldman Sachs put out a good report on this of how the metaverse is going to be massive in the retail space, how, how people go shopping there. If you go to college, you know, you can go to college and sit in the room and actually interact with people in this new world. Uh, almost like you're sitting in a classroom. Uh, you'd be able to sit in the 50-yard line as, as you know Tom Brady is is in the Super Bowl throwing passes and stuff, and and you know being able to interact with people, being able to it's not just you know buying NFTs, which you know that market's a little crazy, but it, it's it's I mean that's not going away. That is an amazing. amazing well,
0: NFT moment. for the right reason, buying
1: you yes. know having the board apes
0: go for ridiculous amounts of money right now, or. Buying land is a little strange at the moment. I do see the utility eventually of having maybe some designer clothing. But then again, once that that area gets flushed out totally where everybody is providing for that, where Gucci, Nike, Adidas and name yeah, your Nike just p- sold know, with Roblox I know, to I know, start a new I one. I, know. You know, I, I Roblox. like Roblox.
1: I love Roblox, by the way. Yeah. The Roblox stock's getting hurt, run. but I like it a lot. Yeah, that's a real company. I think everyone's going to be signing up. They got the technology there. But yeah, even when NFC is real quick here, uh, you know, which has to do with the metaverse and they'll be sold to the metaverse. A lot of these people see these, you know, crypto paintings. This is just taking ownership of an asset that's on the blockchain. So, you know, a lot of times, like you look at royalty companies, you look at record companies, you look at entertainment companies. I mean, they take such a massive piece. Uh, Artist or wherever, now you get to own your own content. I mean, that is something that's unbelievable. Where anybody sitting there living could own their own content, could create this, and, and NFTs could be forget about art. It could be collectibles. It could be tickets. But you know, having your tickets as NFTs, you know, it's just something that's a way to
0: authenticate your ownership. That is, oh, you authenticate, yes, that's what I'm blockchain. talking about. It's a way to authenticate. That's basically mm-hmm. the point here. It's NFT. If anybody, what does it do? What just. Let's break it down. Forget about the selling, the buying, all the crazy stuff that goes on. It's an authenticated, authentication of ownership of a digital asset that is able to be traded like if you own a, I don't know, you own, a, you own an iPhone, you want to sell it to somebody, right? Well, how do you know it's theirs? It doesn't really matter. I buy it from you, whatever. But mm-hmm. here you have an authentication of a digital asset or an authentication of a digital asset that is linked to a real world asset, potentially, and mm-hmm. that- can be then transferred and that ownership trail can be tracked and further authenticated and utilized for historical reference. Very good way of uh you know keeping the people understanding where, where things come from. But let's talk about what did they have cool like this at CES. That's what I'm all leading up to here. I want to hear about CES. Let me let's, let me set the stage. CES is a crazy place. It's usually uh it's it's Vegas. It's lights. It's 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 Everywhere you turn, it's like, oh, my, oh, oh, ah, oh, I want to play with that. I want to get on that. Mm-hmm. I remember tracking you a few years ago. You were doing some <laughs> – <laughs> you were the craziest. Frank was putting his body
1: to work on all these crazy <laughs> machines. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, yeah, we do that. I mean, you go to our website, cursorresearch.com, and, and yes, it, it, it's, you know, just – it's for free, but you'll see all the videos that we put together. Uh, right. The, it was like you know, a – like all the videos it's a couple of years ago was like a
0: mini – Jackass at CES. That's what I, <laughs> Frank, that's what it was like. Okay, I loved it. Yeah, I loved
1: it. I, I'm sampling a lot of these things. <laughs> that one thing, so we talked about NFTs. If you think that they're not, you know, a, a big trend, Samsung had a major display with NFTs. Uh, other companies had major displays of NFTs. Uh, you're looking at, at, you know, smart homes was massive because I've been going there for a long time for, for you know, 10 years. But the last four with smart homes, the biggest thing is it's almost like remember your DVD when you had to choose Blu ray or, you know, DVD. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing here. A lot of, you know, everyone has millions of free of products, but some of them don't communicate together. Well, they created the standard, the Connectivity Standards Alliance, and they're going to use one protocol, a company's called Matter, uh, and Amazon, Google, Apple, Samsung, all the majors, everyone that supplies these industries all signed up to it. So, your ring doorbell is going to be compatible with, you know, lights from Philips, oh, that's uh, shades from IKEA, that's that's appliances good. from Samsung, because you know, whatever, it's going to be compatible with Google Home or Alexa and be accessed through your iPhone or Galaxy phones, which is going to accelerate this trend. So
0: but, I but, think, have they? Will they agree on a charging cord that is universal for
1: phones and other equipment? I know, right? Apple keeps changing its cord; it's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> I just ran into that. I just ran into that. I'm like, shit! I had the wrong cord because, yeah, uh, I was like, oh. Yeah, it is a pain. But that was that was something that was big. VR, AR was huge. Metaverse was huge. Qualcomm is talking Metaverse. Uh, you're looking at Metaverse being talked at. at yeah, these Hyundai, guys would love that. It. The,
0: the, tech, the The chip companies would love this because it creates the need for supercharged chips and lots of them.
1: Yes. And, and I mean, so I went to, I had a media badge, which you'll probably get too if you ever go there. So because, you know, your podcast and they say I'm an influencer, which I'm not, but you can go there and, and, you know, cover the industry, but they give you access, special days, and special privileges. And I went to the Sony thing. It was like a hundred people outside. I was able to go in a day before. So I sit in the third row and I'm hanging out and who walks out it, Tom Holland it was like right in front of me. Really? I mean, that's Anyone over 60 that that's the Spider-Man guy. Wow. Uh, so, which was incredibly, and he was, you know, uh, talking about Uncharted, which is his next movie with Sony with the president of Sony on stage. He's on stage 15 minutes. They showed like a, a first time trailer. He's with Mar- uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, They would try to get into Sony mobility into cars and stuff, but that's kind of like a concept. Uh, what so some of the things that, that BMW killed it. So, I don't have you seen the, the car that changes colors? What? hello, it, hello, what does that mean? So, you're looking inside at inside or outside, change, outside no, the outside of the car. Oh, so come yeah, on, if you go on our website, you can see this because I've researched the video. It's so the car's changing colors, change from black to white, right in front of you, the rims change. So, they're using technology called i ink, which is from. Uh, the Kindle, uh, and it's a concept. But in a couple of years, you're going to be able to change your car. If you if it's hot out, you can change it to white. If you wanted to greet you with red or blue, it was amazing. To see it. It was one of the number one things being sent in social media uh, at the CES. Uh, Talk I to me about the house, color. though. Any
0: kitchen, bathroom, appliance stuff
1: that was same just like, thing.
0: I mean, appliances
1: everywhere. I like, I like my dishwasher
0: LG. to change colors.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. You can do that. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. But that's what got you at at BMW, and then they had. They were one of the few large automakers that were in attendance along with Hyundai and, and a couple of others. Uh, but 40 GM weren't there. So when I test drove the iX, holy cow. First crossover EV goes over 500 horsepower, Wow. Uh, 330 miles per charge. Again, we have a video of this thing and it's at night. Um, and they let you test drive It's like three, four miles. And I was, I mean, this thing goes from 0 to 70 in seconds. Like, it's, wow. you'll see it because wow. the guy's taking it my guy in the back with the camera, you see the camera going up in the air. I mean, I was, it was nice. And I couldn't believe, couldn't even tell it was on. It was one of the smoothest, probably one of the nicest drives I've ever had in my life in a car. Mm. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Mm. So BMW killed it. And then Samsung came out with a new device. that I think you're going to see everywhere in 12 months from now. It's called a freestyle. So it's basically this, I mean, a little bit thicker than uh, an Alexa, um, maybe about 12 inches. Uh, And it's a projector, so you can have anything on your phone through Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and you can project it onto any wall, any place, any ceiling uh, at 100 inches wide. Now, what's cool about this is you could also use it for, it has like lamp fixtures. So you could put in your lamp, it could be a light, or you could have like a 20, make it like a 22-inch TV that's showing on your desk. You could also use it for your light fixtures where, say, if you have three of those light fixtures above your island, and you could change the color of your island and do whatever you want. Uh, And have interactive things. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, again, we got good footage of this and uh, it also has 306 degree sound. So, Hmm. you know, all different colors. This was a device that I see that can go, they could go anywhere with it. It it just blew me away. I mean, you go camping, you can put it up inside your tent and you have a little TV there. It's yeah, you know, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, but it just broadcasts everything that that would be on your phone. So, uh, so do you that, think the that people who
0: trip. didn't come, some of the big names that said, "Oh, we're not coming this year," was it virtue signaling? Was it just like you know what? We don't want to do it and pay it, or what was? The, was there any I think, remnants?
1: You know what? There, there's, you know, for me, I think it's ridiculous. But if you're a corporation with thousands of employees, you know, I, you know, the safety concerns and everything, and people complaining, you know, I'm sure some of it was a little, it was a little bit political. Uh, right. And they weren't enforcing it too bad. So, mean, you can walk after you're drinking. You don't need to wear a mask, right? No, but of course you not. Walk, you got to wear a mask right now. Everyone's going to die. Yeah. But it's, you know, a lot of these companies, yeah, they, they cancel. But the ones that were in attendance and the ones that did it live, what a difference. Qualcomm destroyed it. They, they did great. Uh, talked about the metaverse a ton. Uh, increased their total addressable market by 7x over the next 10 years. Just did their, I mean, they're basically taking market share from NVIDIA, which no one's really talking about right now. And uh, NVIDIA is about four times the size of them. Uh, you're looking at, at the companies. that some. By the
0: way, that's some comeback. Qualcomm. You know, they they were having trouble. Remember that they were in lawsuits. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they were losing accounts. There was all sorts of things going on. The Snapdragon issues. Remember all that that stuff that was
1: going on. What yep. an incredible turnaround! And you didn't get yeah. a credit management with that. Every major trend, everyone. They're the gateway to the metaverse. They're going to provide all the chips for the, anyone. Who wants so the so
0: metaverse. so back to the metaverse here because because that's. I don't want to sound like the, you know, Horowitz. Oh, he's the meta guy. There's Andrew, Andrew Meta Horowitz. Uh, is this a thing that you're, that, that they're, you, you think is long lasting and they're digging into and they're spending just as I thought is the case. And from yes, what I can it's, see,
1: it's, it's definitely long lasting. It's probably not, you're not going to really see it where, you know, it, your neighbors are in the metaverse and stuff like that, probably for another two years. Uh, plus it's not easy to explain what the metaverse is yet. Right, it's hard. It's not, you don't have an elevator pitch. Oh, it's this thing you all gonna go online and you all gonna hang out, okay? And well, I keep on but telling people, it's
0: Ready Player One and his Avatar. Think that, and you can kind of make
1: up what you want out of that. Or see Free Guy. That's even better. Free Guy. Free Guy. Yes, it's with uh, what's his name, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Hold. That's exactly what it is, and, and you'll see why. You'll see the potential. In that movie. It's very, very funny. Trust me, you'll love that movie. Uh love it. A little under the radar. But th- the metaverse, yes, it, is definitely. You know, I, I would. Learn more about it. I think Roblox is a good way of getting into it, especially at this price decline. Uh, Meta, of course, uh, you're going to see more companies transition to this. But even you know, Nike's building its own world, and it, it, it's big. It's great for brands. And I think what about what see, about really the tickled. old line? I mean, there
0: was a time when it was like, ah, GoPro. I don't know if you've seen Umbrella stock recently. That thing's been off of the races, over, which is amazing. The races. And GoPro
1: is a pretty good buy right now. What is the story? GoPro. But
0: Tell me about the camera technology slash video slash anything related to, did you see any spectacles or any smaller format virtual reality uh, glasses?
1: TCL had good uh, augmented reality glasses that actually looked pretty cool. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, a lot of people like wearing these glasses. Uh, I also saw a company, a startup that uh, I think Franklin Templeton invested in it. I think it has a $40 million valuation private that has this big thing that where you, you know, picture your laptop uh, and it hooks up and it's pretty big so it's about you have like a foot wide and maybe two feet three two and a half feet you know wide i'm mm-hmm. sorry and one and, and the height is about a foot but it's all it's a big display which shows you know it's like a virtual reality but you know you can't see all the way around you it's probably a little more like a 180 view and the sound quality is great but you're putting your face up to it and it also here's where it's cool where bloomberg say if you have three four terminals you could have all these terminals displayed right there
0: Within because you're getting that much closer to it and, he, and it looks, everything, it, it, it magnifies everything. But how is that on your eyes? I would think
1: your eyes would be crossed. It's great. Really? It great. Really? Yeah, was, I, I was blown away. I was blown away by this. Uh, yeah, it just made sense because people don't like wearing the glasses and that's going to be a problem. Just like, you know, with EVs, not everybody wants to charge their vehicle when, you know, you have a gas station, like, you know, one minute away. You know, it's a right. you know it's a learning curve then. Not everyone's going to do that. So uh, it is interesting. Uh, I'll tell you two things that I saw that were kind of funny. It was one that it was a little stuffed animal, like a little bear that you put your finger in his mouth and he sucks your finger for what? And I, well, it's supposed to relax you. Oh, come on. The most weirdest thing? Most people, didn't want to do. let me just say group. that I
0: find that there could be alternate uses for this bear.
1: Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it's just your <laughs> <finger> fits. <laughs> it's not as wide. Anyway, but, and it was another one that has device to stops premature ejaculation, which they say happens, I think in one of five people, of uh, men, but which is kind of a woman's problem, not a man's problem. But it was funny because (laughs) they they put a device under your, your buddies. And it shocks you. Oh, right before. And I'm like, are you, and then it shocks you and then to take it off, you have to go in your app. I'm like, like, I don't know if that guy ever had sex before or not. (laughs) Wait, is this something? I don't want to get shocked. Who? Oh no. I don't know. They got funded. They got funded. And, and, uh, You know, it it was, yeah, it was kind of That goes to show you how how loose monetary policy is right there. And so the companies that didn't show up, LG usually has one of the greatest displays. When you walk in, they have like probably 100, 150 connected TV. They're all like together. And you walk in, they're all like, you know, surrounding you. And it's like a whole all around you. But they're all, you're in like this world. They show like the universe and the the sound and everything. You're in this massive room. It's one of the first things you see. It's It's so great. They decide not to go this year. And they usually have like lots of great products and TVs and stuff. Huh. So what they did is they decided to go to Home Depot and lay out this whole wood format, which was massive, 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 huge, right? And then they had these little stands and they did a virtual reality thing where, you know, you basically, you know, the, the, the code that you have, you know, a little bar thing that you put in your phone and you take a picture of. And then it's supposed to display the product. The only thing is it's only compatible uh, or it's not compatible with Safari. So if you had an iPhone, it didn't even work. Oh. <laughs> like, so there was a couple of disasters there. But overall, we did find some lots, idea- lots of ideas, and it was definitely hmm. worth going. I know you uh,
0: did the write-up of this, and of course, throughout your newsletters, and also on your site, your
1: YouTube channel, your podcast.
0: All of that is available. Frank, a wealth of information. Oh, let me say, hold on a second. Frank Curzio, a wealth of information. <laughs>
1: There you go. That's <laughs> awesome. From now on, that's how I want you to
0: introduce yeah. me. <laughs> CurzioResearch.com. You can see all that's available on uh, there of what he does. Of course, you can track, listen, watch, see on Twitter. Frank Curzio right there. You could also um, you know, look at what's happening on his YouTube channel. He's all over the place. This is good news because if you want to see a lot of Frank and you want to be involved, entrenched, and immersed in CurzioVille, you can do it very easily. Make sure to check out his podcast on all your favorite podcasts app as well. Thank you so much
1: uh, for thanks, joining man, me I love you, buddy. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Always, it. always. Thank you for having me on. First first
0: major guest of 2022. I thought it was perfect timing. Listen, thank you, everybody, for joining me this week and every week. We're going to see you again next week for some more fun in finance, talking about what's going on with All of the earnings that are coming out, what to look forward to, see how right or wrong we are watching the Fed, what's going on with that as well. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you again next week. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered recommendations by the host of the show or any affiliates of Horowitz & Company.